0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host Jacob Granger. Each week we bring the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. And today we're bringing you highlights from day one of our digital journalism conference, News Rewired. On Tuesday we heard all about emerging new social platforms and what that really means for journalists. TikTok, the platform known for viral dance videos, has been the main craze amongst youngsters in recent times and it's prompted more and more journalists as well as news organizations to get on board. Clubhouse seems to be all the rage as well, the invite-only app allows you to host live audio discussions for your followers. And then you've got platforms like Twitter and Instagram who are coming up with more and more features to emulate some of these popular trends, so think Twitter Spaces and Instagram Reels. We'll be diving into exactly what these are all about, how you can get started, but also if everything Silicon Valley launches truly matters to journalists. We'll hear the thoughts of Matt Navarra, an all-round social media expert and the founder of the popular social media geekout Facebook group. Heather Bowen, Twitter's news partnership manager, talks to us in more detail about Twitter spaces and how media organisations are using it. CNN anchor and serial TikToker Max Foster gives us an insight into how he's become a hit on the platform. And we'll also speak to Abdirahim Saeed, a BBC senior journalist who shares some tips as well as concerns about using Clubhouse to source journalistic stories. All of that's to come, don't go anywhere, but first, this. Today's Journalism.co.uk podcast comes to you from week one of our digital journalism conference, News Rewired. The talks will continue next week, and we'd love for you to join us for more expert panels and workshops on Tuesday the 25th and Thursday the 27th of May. Don't miss out. You can grab your ticket by heading over to NewsRewired.com, and we'll see you there.
1: In the last year, Clubhouse has been the one that most people have become you know, familiar with being talked about the most. Uh, and Twitter Spaces you know, has come along as well.
0: That's Matt Navarra, a social media consultant and commentator and the founder of the Social Media Geek out Facebook group.
1: And now we're seeing there's Reddit Talk, LinkedIn Audio, Facebook Audio Rooms, Discord Stages, Instagram Live Audio Rooms. So all of these are kind of mushrooming out after the sort of appeal of, of Clubhouse Rooms has, uh, has kicked off.
0: And the list doesn't stop there. Matt continues to talk about how Twitter is also moving into the newsletter space, an entrepreneurial medium which has grown in popularity in recent times amongst journalists.
1: Twitter's now gonna be doing a lot of stuff in terms of Twitter super follows, which is an ability for you to subscribe to. Uh, somebody could be a journalist that you really like um, and get exclusive content or things that they don't share elsewhere. Um, but on top of that, they've laid on it a newsletter integration, and the ability to do Twitter spaces, which could be a paid event sort of area.
0: But Twitter isn't the only platform coming up with these clone products. Facebook and YouTube in particular have emerging features which take inspiration from the trendsetters.
1: Facebook as well is trying to jump into doing uh, its own development on newsletters. So they've got a newsletter platform that's coming up as well as its own audio rooms platform and a sort of TikTok for audio, which I'm really interested in seeing how that looks with its audio bytes feature that they're working on. And then finally, you know, there's YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, TikTok, with short video space. Some of those obviously have been around a little bit longer than just uh, in the last year. But certainly for a lot of news publishers and journalists, they're still relatively new and sort of experimental for, for many newsrooms. But
0: here's what you need to know. Clone products do not necessarily share the same creative tools. The bells and whistles available to you for short form video, for example, is not the same on TikTok as it is on Instagram Reels. The lesson for journalists is not to copy and paste, but push each set of tools to the limit and figure out what works best
1: they all have their own kind of pros and cons and, and you need to just learn how to play to the strengths of those platforms to, to get the most out of them rather than doing the sort of squeezing whatever piece of content it is and just copy pasting it everywhere which you know from anything we do in on social is, is never a good idea to just do a, do a copy paste but yeah I think all of the platforms have a scope to, to deliver well on news um, Washington Post is a good example CNN is a very good example they have a really good presence on TikTok um, and people from the BBC like Sophie Dollar smith she's really good at sort of what she does um, on tiktok in the news so yeah lots of good stuff out there
0: this term experimenting can feel like a vague term sometimes what this really means is browsing the platform understanding what appeals to audiences and trying to post content in that style but in a way that still carries your brand across you don't want to be posting content which just looks and feels really out of place but ideally with every post you move slightly closer to something which belongs with that though comes the risk of failure of posts either getting no response, or you just looking like an idiot doing dance videos, and that is often the biggest obstacle to even getting started. However, Max says the conditions for experimenting have never been better.
1: A lot of these platforms, particularly like TikTok, uh, um is a good example of it, is that they're far more forgiving than they ever were in terms of um, doing something that maybe doesn't work out or not necessarily needing to have the full polished, slick presentation that maybe a few years ago, if you're doing something for Instagram, in, for, for your newsroom, for your report, you'd feel that pressure to, to deliver it in that way. I think that there is so much more scope for experimenting and getting it right, getting it wrong, and, and learning from it. Um, and, and also for those that are in independent journalists and writers you know this is the best time to be alive in terms of uh, the creator economy is that buzzword that we hear a lot at the moment all of the platforms are providing features for whether it be writers and journalists or anyone else that wants to use it for different purposes to make a living from them um, alongside maybe other stuff they're doing um, or, or to help build up whatever their their employer efforts and newsroom that kind of uh, allows them to to create something on these platforms uh, they can do as well so yeah There's lots of tools, lots of useful things to play around with. I think the best advice at the moment is just to experiment.
0: So where is the most fertile ground for journalists to start experimenting? What, realistically, could journalists start doing today to get the ball moving?
1: again, with Twitter spaces, I think that this is a really good, rich sort of playground for for journalists to to experiment with, you know, whether it be doing AMAs and uh, Q&A sessions, whether it's bringing in key people that are from a particular news story that's, um, you know, gone very well, and there's lots of talk around it, bringing them into an audio room to chat about it, or or talking talking with other reporters and and letting other people just tune in. It's almost kind of that kind of ability to eavesdrop on something that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do before, um, it's so much easier and quicker to do. And because there's no video on these platforms for these audio room pro- products like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, the, the speed at which you can quickly get one set up and created um, and, and be doing other things if you're out on the road reporting or doing other stuff, it's it's much simpler and much quicker, much easier. So I think um, for, for Twitter Spaces, the advice would really be is start with something really simple and small that you're really interested in and passionate about put it out there and experiment and see kind of how engaging it is and see how easy it is to set it up, see what response you get, you know, use your channels and your network of contacts in, in, in the world of journalism to kind of give it a bit of a promotion, a bit of a push um, and iterate on it. So I think t- Twitter spaces is, is an easy one to get started with. Um, I think the other one is, is, is really around newsletters, which is slightly trickier because of course there's the, the newsroom that maybe you're employed by, but also your own kind of external interests that are maybe not encroaching upon the work, the beat that you're covering for your for your publisher, but if you are independent, um, then Substack and Twitter's now owned review the newsletter platform. Uh, there's so many ways for you to sort of start with something you're really passionate about and build a following, build an audience around that. And a newsletter um, is a great way to kind of start because you can you know cross promote other things that you're doing, um, and it's fairly straightforward because it's something we've been doing for years writing emails. So um yeah, I think that those are the platforms for me at the moment, seeing the obvious quick wins, but there's lots
0: out there. Lots out there to play around with. Look for those quick wins which make use of your existing skill sets and your strengths, whether that's writing newsletters or going live in an audio room. Both are quite natural to journalists. Allow yourself to experiment. Don't worry about getting it wrong. Just focus on trying to get it right. It's easy to treat these platforms interchangeably, but don't. Understand the unique features of each and try to get creative. One journalist who has been doing that on TikTok is CNN reporter Max Foster. He's amassed 300,000 followers and a total of 10 million views on the platform. If you go in his account, you'll see him lip-syncing to pop songs from reporting scenes, but also talking about major news updates and then explaining the line of succession in the British monarchy.
2: Like most people, I discovered TikTok through my kids and I wanted to know what they were looking at. And um, as soon as I went on there, actually, I, I was really surprised and encouraged by all of the news conversations effectively people were having without really realising it. So the early part of last year, they were talking a lot about World War Three, Iran, There was lots of satire around that. Um, so I was really encouraged by the conversations that young people were having, but it's not just young people. I'd say it's a lot of people in terms of my audience of people who aren't necessarily engaged in mainstream news. That could be younger or, or older people, and they, they do want an element of entertainment to what they're they're looking at. But I was uh, encouraged by the a lot of news conversations, but slightly discouraged by the fact that Um, they weren't necessarily that well-informed. So I went on a bit of a mission, personal mission, if you like, to sort of do some reporting on there, put some facts out there.
0: Max welcomes the journalists doing dance videos and Brian's trying to jump on trends to resonate with audiences who would otherwise fall by the wayside of traditional news coverage. He says that the ability to simplify tricky stories and unlock your niche on the platform are amongst some of the reasons journalists should consider getting on board.
2: When people are dismissive about it, it gets me quite frustrated because it's not just dancing, and it's not um, dumbed down. Actually, if you do anything dumbed down, audiences don't like it. They are very sophisticated. They're very demanding in terms of the production values, not in terms of the lighting and the sound and all that, but in terms of how to build a story. And I've learned a huge amount from you know teenagers in bedrooms able to tell incredibly insightful, brilliant stories about going to school, for example. And I'm kind of in that world with news, so I take complex stories and I break them down. And I just put them out there. Um, over the weekend, I did stuff on the Middle East, and I think, you know, that was very telling for me. You know, two TikToks, a million views, had more than fifteen thousand comments between those, and that wasn't fluff. That was death and destruction, and. Yes, you, don't, you do it in a, in a way that you're aware that children might be watching, but you don't necessarily shy away from those big, hard stories. People want them, but they want them told in a convincing, simple way, something they can understand.
0: Sometimes Max dons shirt and tie for his TikToks, other times the story calls for dressing down a bit. But whatever the attire, Max is starting to see signs that his name and CNN is gaining a positive reputation through his work on TikTok.
2: And I'm not dismissive about a desk and a suit because my show on CNN, which will be coming back in September, um, is that. It's a half hour international news bulletin. I think people want and need that. It's appointment to view. People come there to watch that show to find out what's going on in the world. But there are a whole, there's a whole other audience which finds that patronizing and annoying and unsurprising and uninteresting, and they're not engaged in mainstream news. And that's kind of what the people I'm reaching out to on TikTok, I think. And I do get comments about, um, you know, who is this guy? Where's Yon? Some of my followers will say he's on CNN, CNN International. And it has, I think, grown that audience and certainly raised my profile as a CNN anchor. And hopefully, you know, still now people come to CNN when there's a big breaking news story, and young people do. Uh, they turn on the TV, that hasn't changed. Uh, you know, hopefully they will see me, recognize me, and go to CNN when there's a big breaking story. So. It's all sort of intertwined, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just sort of going with the flow.
0: From going with the flow to being a bit more intentional, BBC senior journalist Abdirahim Saeed has secured story sources on Clubhouse, the app with newfound popularity for its audio-only rooms that we spoke about earlier in the show. Here's Abdirahim to tell us more about that. The way I got
3: interested in um, Clubhouse back in December was actually nothing to do with my day job. I kind of pitched a story, it was commissioned... It was about the experience, it was about mental health and the experiences of black women. Uh, It was inspired by the experiences of a close relative of mine. And I wanted to speak to other black women uh, about their um, experiences with mental health here in the UK. What kind of prompted me to try Clubhouse was a key contributor kind of um, pulled out last minute. Sometimes it happens. And I was just really looking for fresh voices. And somebody, you know, I, I was hearing about Clubhouse Um, actually on other social platforms, including Twitter,
0: you know, people talking about it, people around were talking about it. I just said, let me try it. And it kind of worked. The way Clubhouse works is that anyone can start an audio room, and anyone can join your room. The person who starts the room is speaking, and only they can control who comes up to stage to speak. Impressed by the diversity of people on the app, and subjects like mental health being discussed, Abdirahim managed to find and secure three black women who were perfect fits for his story. He suggests there's just something about the audio format that helps people come forward. People have described it as a mix uh, between
3: podcasts and radio shows. And in fact, I do see people uh, using it like podcasts. And I, in fact, there, is, there are rooms that, are, that start themselves on radio talk shows. So some people like that kind of um, environment. Uh, Also, the fact that it's audio, the participation barrier is lower. You don't need to have your video on and the chats can be informal. You don't have to prepare anything. You can go with the flow.
0: Um, And just like any other social media app, you can follow people. But if you want to actually get in touch with people directly for interviews or other queries, you'll have to go the roundabout way and find and message them on other platforms as Clubhouse does not have DMs. The downsides don't end there either. Like many other platforms, trolling does occur on Clubhouse. But Abdirahim says the issue is being looked at. Uh, I've had
3: bad experiences where uh, I've experienced trolling, um, people who, who, who try to dox me. And you know, and um, to be honest, um, I, did, I did flag it to Clubhouse. Uh, I haven't had any replies. And I've had the, the, the developers of the app in, in their town hall-style rooms talk about and bring in along um, uh, more features and, and to improve the safety and the moderation in the rooms. But I would say it's not just there yet, to be honest. And uh, it's worth rem- remembering is a, it's, it's a new app. Uh, I think they have around seventies or 75 uh, employees so far. I mean, if you go to their jobs um, adverts website, you can see that they actually trying to hire uh, leads for the safety um, departments, so maybe to uh, look into that issue. It's a mixed bag. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised uh, people have a great time, but also I'm not surprised uh, just because, given my own experiences, people sometimes also have a rough time. Uh, Of course, that's not unique to Clubhouse. It can happen in any other um, platform. Um, Do uh, review the editorial guidelines, social media guidelines of your employer. So at the BBC, I would have done that before. I've used it for for work. Uh, But also try and use some of the um, features that are already out there. So you can actually block people. You can mute certain people. You can kick
0: people out of the room who are um, causing news, nuisance in your own rooms. From Clubhouse, we come back to Twitter Spaces, which is its version of live audio conversation rooms. Here, Heather Bowen, News Partnership Manager for Twitter, talks about how they're already working with media partners to experiment with the feature. The first example here is from Tortoise Media, the publication known for its slow journalism and its thinking sessions, where members meet and put their heads together on important news topics. Twitter Spaces has been a recent virtual alternative to these sessions.
4: They they tried it last week and, um, and then went live again today. Um, and uh, so the first thing they did was that they encouraged people um, to kind of carve out the time. They let people know that it was going to happen. And then when they went live, uh, on their twitter space Um, for their followers it appears as this kind of purple infinity loop at the top um, of the feed Um, and then you get the option to click into it when you do um, it will give you the option to to join um, and you can see who is listening who is speaking you get the opportunity to add pinned tweets to the top which is a really really interesting way of providing additional context so if the conversation that you are having in your space is about a tweet that um, the prime minister has has posted you can pin that tweet if you want to drive people to your newsletter you can pin um the the tweet that includes the link to your newsletter where people can get more context
0: and this goes back to how clone products though fundamentally the same in what they offer do have differing features and why it's wise to weigh up all of your options. Heather continues with another example of how Twitter Spaces came in handy around the fallout of the controversial Football Super League plans last month and what happened when Chelsea Football Club were the first to pull out of the league
4: there were um, some Chelsea journalists that jumped onto spaces when Chelsea Football Club were the first football club to pull out of the the Super League. Um, And they were speaking from various different parts of the the country. Some were at the football club where there were um, protests happening, Uh, some were in their bedrooms, um, having a conversation about what's happening right at this very minute. Um, getting to the heart of that, that trending news, that breaking news story and really owning it from their own, um, from their own accounts.
0: Twitter is of course the go-to place for trending and breaking news and Heather recommends leaning into that information when experimenting with live sessions like Q&As and AMAs. It could be behind the scenes type exclusive content
4: um, or if you have done an exclusive story and you want to own that as yourself, you can uh, go live on Spaces and just talk to people with relatively minimal effort. You don't need to to, to put too much effort into, into what you look like. Um, you can go live on Spaces and talk about What happened behind the exclusive, the additional things that that might be interesting to to the audience.
0: And when you think about what we said previously about leveraging existing skill sets, podcast promotion is also a very natural fit.
4: So we've had lots of partners looking looking at this as a potential opportunity because they have journalists who are um, more comfortable and confident with audio than perhaps others generally they are the ones that have done podcasts so it's it feels like a nice natural extension of of using um, the people that are most inclined to want to do audio to to, to trial it out and do um, an extension of the podcast where you can then talk about what's going to happen in the next podcast um, and, and potentially even um, do voting, do polls, uh, get feedback that then informs what happens in the next podcast or, or in a story that, that that is later to come.
0: Hopefully by now you're brimming with ideas, but here's just a few final best practices straight from Twitter.
4: From a technicality perspective, there are certain things that work best, um, and, and I imagine this would be true for Twitter spaces and other audio products. So um, first of all, think about are you on Wi-Fi, could you be on Wi-Fi? You can do audio conversations with data and be walking around um, with your AirPods on around a park, but there may be background noises of birds, etc. Um, so if you if you want to to really maximise, um, we'd recommend Wi-Fi. It means that the the sound is generally a better quality. If you can use wire connections to your device rather than Bluetooth um, headphones, it's quicker to convert the conversation um, directly to to kind of the audio outputs. But you don't have to be in in, an, in a podcast room with all of the padding. Um, again, I could do it. I could do it for my bedroom, no problem. Considering an intro to give it time for new audiences um, to to start coming in to to listen um, and kind of setting the scene. Um, And then the other recommendation would be just test. Earlier, doctors have seen an increase to their Twitter followers. This isn't something that we planned. It's anecdotal feedback that we're getting from partners who are using the features, because at the moment, the only way to find spaces is to to follow that person's account, um, who is hosting or who is, is speaking, or if they're tweeted about it. In future, that discoverability is going to be better. Um, but but now is a really good time to, to, to test um, and play around with the functionality.
0: Thanks so much to Matt Navarra, Max Foster, Abdirahim Said, and Heather Bowen for their time and thoughts on the panel. And there's lots of takeaways to consider. For me it would be pick one of these platforms and play with it. No, not everything Silicon Valley launches will matter to us, but if you already have an established Twitter following for example, you could try Twitter Spaces. Maybe we'll schedule one in to create some hype and use that to either up engagement for your story, gain momentum for something like a podcast or just talk to your audience. Alternatively, you could take a punt with something new like Clubhouse or TikTok and see if it works for you the basic point here is that without starting, you'll never know. If you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. And don't forget, we have another week of NewsRewide Talks next week, so head over to NewsRewide.com if you don't want to miss out. That's all we have time for this week. I've been your host Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.